Hello and welcome to the final Move the Line prop drop show of the year. Ryan Noonan back for Super Bowl 57 to talk about the best way and the most profitable way to bet on NFL football, and that is through player props. And obviously it is now the Super Bowl. We're not just dealing with player props. We're dealing with all sorts of novelty props and all the things and nonsense that comes along with it. Excited to unpack this here with my friends Connor Allen and Pat Mayo. We'll start with Pat, uh, the man behind the Mayo Media Network and the Pat Mayo Experience. What's going on, buddy? Doing well, uh, Connor. We missed Ryan two weeks ago when we did the NFC Championship and AFC Championship. But I think we did. We sweep. Did we sweep the board? Yeah, I think we did pretty well. And uh, we also had a show a couple of days ago where uh, Noonan's internet went out, and I think we're going to sweep the board again. So. Uh, you might be kicked off or a curse. I don't know. One of the two, Noonan. I'm, I'm fine with it. I have a ton of other <laughs> stuff to do. Uh, although I did miss it. I hate missing any any shows. Life has been busy for a couple of weeks here. And it's just the internet the other day was really wild. I mean, you're on this all day in the dungeon. It functions perfectly until you go to start the show. And then it feels like I'm, uh, you know, dealing with, you know, 1998 AOL dial-up. And uh, it was very, very sporadic. We had, you know, Kanish laying down. Placing his bets while we talk is always a, a different element to the show as well. But uh, yeah, we'll try to cross over some of that stuff. I tried to save some of the actual player prop stuff for this show. We got into more of, I think, Super Bowl novelty type things in that. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit of that as well. We'd love to get some of the off the board bizarre stuff that Pat is looking at here. Because I know some thoughts that Connor has and uh, obviously get some thoughts around the game in general. Because I find this game to be very, very difficult to handicap. And I guess we could start there, Pat, you know, I, Connor and I have talked about this a lot, you know, and I have not had the chance to do so. Obviously we have two number one seeds. We have a one and a half point spread, you know, total kind of sitting on a key number. We have a team that, I mean, again, you could, we're two weeks in, so no, no one hasn't heard these narratives yet. Right. Um, but like, I think the Eagles are really tough to cap because they are really good and have genuinely played no one. They have no signature wins. They've had an insane run to be able to get here. Uh, but I do think everyone thinks that they are good. And they got a quarterback that's also kind of dealing with an injury issue that I think is okay, but maybe not. Hasn't really been as accurate. Maybe he's not willing to run as much. And then we have Chiefs who are here again. We know the Chiefs story. Mahomes obviously not 100%. Two weeks to kind of get it right is probably pretty good. Another very common theme that we've heard a lot this week is like the Chiefs probably have the three best players. Right? They got Mahomes, they got Kelsey, Chris Jones, and then the Eagles probably have like four to 20, right? Like they definitely have the best roster overall. How do you cap this, Pat? What are your thoughts on it? Do you have any side, total, or anything like that? Traditional bets? I, I have a total lean. I don't really have a lean in this game. Like forced to pick, I'm picking the Eagles minus one and a half. And I would go with what we've seen from the Eagles so far. Sometimes this becomes a great value situation where yeah they haven't played anyone i mean that's not true they played a bunch of nfl teams and we we just we we saw at different points of the season the texans take the chiefs to overtime the colts beat the chiefs so the chiefs so let's say the eagles aren't good that doesn't mean the game's not going to be close because the chiefs play close games with almost everyone exclusively and we have the signature wins for the chiefs as well although both in the regular season they lost the bills and the Bengals. the eagles just made mincemeat out of everyone when jalen hurts has been the quarterback so 
you could just kind of ride the narrative of the Eagles are just really good and no one's seeing it. So I, I think there are three potential outcomes in this game. I'm going to cross one of them off. And that's why I'm leaning with the Eagles. I think it's you know, a coin flip either way. It's within the spread. It's within three points. Chiefs win. Eagles win by three, four, whatever it might be. I think that all makes perfect sense. I could see the Eagles blowing out the Chiefs. I don't see it the other way around, though. I, I kind of don't disagree with that, Connor. I mean, um, we just haven't seen enough. I feel like either way, you're going to sit there very easy to, to be like, oh, you're a fool. You went against Patrick Mahomes, right? We could be sitting here. Um, you know, I'll have you down here in the basement in the dungeon on Sunday. Looking forward to that. But like, we'll be looking like, hey, why did we not take Pat Mahomes getting points? Or the Eagles just absolutely boat race them. We're like, man, this team is so good. We knew they were good. Like the Chiefs had questions. We tried to fade under 10 and a half wins in the preseason because the roster is not as good. They're relying on a ton of, you know, rookies, unproven guys, especially in the secondary. Like, I don't know. I feel like hindsight is going to be out there for anyone uh, come Sunday evening. Connor, actually, let me ask you this. If I told you the final score of this game is 33-13, who do you think wins? Probably the Eagles, but uh, I yeah, I, I think that's probably the main, I guess. A good way to frame it. Yeah. Um, but I guess for me, like there's two questions that need to be answered and that they'll decide basically the game. So it's do, can the chiefs stop the Eagles running game? Uh, I'm pretty confident that they cannot. Um, and so like, I, I just really struggle to see a way that they load the box. If they load the box, like they're just multiple enough, like Hertz can run enough. They can do enough, you know, like sweeps with Watkins or whoever they want to get involved enough that like, or get the ball out quick enough. I don't think that they can just stop the run. Like, I don't think that that's a thing. And I think that's a massive issue because this chief's run defense has played against the easiest schedule in the league. And then in the four games that they played that have mattered against good running defenses or running offenses, they've gotten wrecked. And so that's a big issue. Um, on the other hand, though, I think that, like you said, if the Eagles pass defense can, you know, give some issues to Patrick Mahomes, if the pass rush can get home, like it'll be an Eagles blowout. But I don't really think that that's going to happen. And for because we've seen this Eagles defense play against five, play in five games against teams who rank in the top half of offense in the league. In those games, they've allowed 30 points per game, their EPA per play against the pass drops from first to 20th. So I think they're still good. I'm just, I think that Matt Mahomes will get theirs. I like the over, but uh, I know, Pat, you said you had a total, but I think if, it, if it's an Eagles game script, like the game's going under. Like, you know, the Eagles will win 27 to 13 or whatever, 27, 17, the game will go under. But I think that if it's, I expect it to be a close either way, coin flip, like you said. Um, but I think there's gonna be a lot of points because I do think that the chiefs have their way offensively. In addition to the Eagles being able to get their own. See, I like the under of the 51 right now. And the main reason is I think what the, the optimal Philly game plan here is listen, you're not going to be, you're not going to score a touchdown every single time you touch the ball. But what you want to do is every time you touch the ball, take as much time as possible on the ground, short passes. Just don't let Patrick Mahomes touch the ball because at that point, let's say you can limit the Chiefs to eight drives. If you stop, if you limit no field goal, no touchdown on three of those drives, and you can limit, you know, half of them to, field goals and the other half to touchdowns you have two touchdowns three field goals and three stops like you're gonna win this game so and with the way that the Chiefs passing game looks like now with no like true vertical downfield threats a lot of dink and dunk stuff just a lot of long drive short yardage plays that I think the time of possession for both these teams is going to be a key factor in just limiting the overall score of the game I expect to see a lot of extended drives potentially a lot of field goals and if that's going to be the case then I just don't think that the over is going to get there 
Yeah, no, that's definitely definitely fair. Um, I I personally I just think that there's a little bit a little more faith in them being consistently efficient on those drives. So you know, like like you said, there will be a lot of longer drives. But uh, Chiefs, I believe, are one of the worst teams in the red zone at this point um, uh, at the moment. And I think the Eagles are able to capitalize on that, and vice versa. I I really think there's an advantage for this Chiefs team playing a lot of like twelve and thirteen personnel with like two to three tight ends against uh, an Eagles team that doesn't necessarily match up too well against that. And we've saw that against Dallas where. You know, they were able to, I think, capitalize on that. Now, they were missing C.J. Gardner-Johnson in that game, but that was really their only game that they – only player they were missing from that game, if I remember correctly. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it can go either way, but I'm glad there's a little disagreement because I like the over a good bit. Um, but I haven't – I mean, I played way more on props. Like, you know, I mean, I put like – I bet Chiefs team total over 23.5. I bet over 49.5. I bet Eagles team total first half over 12.5. And, and I know Noon and you play that too. I mean, that's – for me, that was – Probably one of my favorites, actually, to be honest. Yeah, it, part of it's just been such a, a print fest this season. Is Eagles over one and a half touchdowns in the first half? Eagles over uh, 12 and a half, 13 and a half uh, at times. It's just been so consistent, especially with Jalen Hurts in the lineup. So it's been, you know, something that our uh, subscriber base has had a lot of success with. Just kind of been like a subscriber bet um, that people take a victory lap shot. Typically, uh, you know, Man, uh, Manuel Manny out there, uh, MJ3 has, has been leading that for us. So, um, yeah, so we're going to do our best here. This is our last prop drop of the season. If you were hanging out with us in the chat, fire away some questions. We'll have some time. We'll uh, get to anything that you have out there. Obviously, the board is as deep as ever, and you can bet on some wild stuff, especially if you have offshore access. Uh, we can try to parse through that. We're going to have producer Sal uh, share his uh, prop card for the week. We could try to poke holes in that for him and uh, encourage him and see where he can parlay things or wish he could parlay some more things and, and see if we can get some good action for Sal. Um, so we want to let you know, we're going to, again, we're going to take some time off because we have no football to talk about, but we're going to be doing a lot of content all off season here on the football side. Draft is our favorite thing to bet on. Uh, we just got out of a draft planning meeting for draft content. So like we are ready to hit the ground running. Uh, it is a very profitable market. I do think information markets are, just different than anything else. Uh, and if you have some sources and you are doing some work, you could find some advantageous lines over the next couple of months. And I am encouraged. And I know Connor, you are as well. We're seeing more from the books early, even in terms of last year, we were concerned that books are maybe going to pull back a little bit, but they're putting some markets out a little bit earlier, even than they did last year. And again, we have less information. We're pre combine, you know, pre pro day and all that stuff, but uh, at least encouraged to see that the books are getting out there and, uh, at least giving us a little bit to wet our beak. Yeah, they they put out uh, first wide receiver prop, first quarterback prop, and the first overall pick. I mean, we're in February. Like that stuff didn't, stuff didn't come out till like late February, early March last year, and that's when we started making our first bets. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of really sharp mock drafters, guys who were plugged in, following that, following the information, taking our own personal bias out of it for the most part about whether a player is good, player is not good. I know we talked about multiple times last year, Trayvon Walker, and whether he even deserved to be in the top five conversation, and he wound up going number one overall. So I think we played last year really well, wound up uh, plus 40 units on the C on the NFL draft, and uh, excited to bring on Scott Smith from the Action Network, one of the best mock drafters in the industry uh, for next year. But uh, excited for that, but let's let's get into the Super Bowl here. We'll start with ours. We'll do it traditionally like we do. We'll go around the horn. We'll share uh, four each, and we'll get into some of the wonky stuff. Again, get your questions. Uh, get Sal's card. And uh, Connor, I'll let you get started with your first one. Yeah, my first one is Travis Kelsey over. I know it's not something I normally chase, uh, but I think it's a good one. Juju, uh, Michael Hardman's out. Juju Smith-Schuster banged up. Kadarius Tony 
uh, you know, a little bit banged up here. Uh, and I think it's unlikely all of them roll into this game 100%. Uh, I think Kelsey will be the focal point of the passing game if he wasn't already. And DVOA says the Eagles are about six to defending the position, but they haven't really played any tight ends of substance. I mean, they allowed about average lines to Pat Fryermuth, Zach Ertz, Dalton Schultz, uh, and then George Kittle's performance last week where, you know, the Niners didn't have a throw, have a quarterback who could throw the ball. To me, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, allowing 17, their 17th in yards per game, a lot of the position. But for me, I think when kind of looking at this Eagles secondary, I'm just not really sure how, they, how they're going to stop Kelsey here, whether they try and cover him with a linebacker. I mean, James Bradbury and Darius Slay tend to, you know, lock up the outside pretty good. Avante Maddox is in the slot, but I mean, he's 5'9", 184 pounds. So that, that's not going to work. Uh, and if we look at Kelsey in the playoffs, like there's just like a next level of what we've seen from him. The last eight games, he has 78 or more receiving yards in every single one of them, 95 or more receiving yards in every single one, except for last week. And what we thought, or at least what I mentioned in the discord was like a reasonably tough matchup with how the Bengals have played the chiefs as of late. So I, I just think he's going to see a ton of volume. It's a reasonably decent matchup. I think he has the best matchup instead of like kind of the outsides against the Eagles. I think like the middle of the field is probably something more to target. So uh, I like the over 78 and a half. I know it's a super square bet, but uh, for me, I just see him getting in that 80 to 100 range pretty easily. Would you play a ladder on him? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. But like his, it's funny because his range of outcomes once he gets past that it was pretty tight. It was like 95 to like one, you know, whatever, 120 in most of those. So I think like a ladder, like 100 plus, but it was like plus 180. So I felt like there wasn't a ton of meat left on the bone uh, for the ladders. But I mean, I... I think he's going to be like their primary guy for basically the entire game. And I'm not sure how the Eagles are going to necessarily have an answer for him without like, I don't know. Can you really like double cover a tight end with where they line him up? I don't, I don't even know if that's like possible, Noonan. No, it's why he consistently eats me at the bracket him. Uh, Kaiser White, one of their linebackers, is an absolute like disaster in coverage. Uh, so I'm sure they'll try to pick on him whenever he's out there on the fields. It looks like 76 and a half is the best number out there currently, uh, Caesars, you can get down at 76 and a half. Um, little juice extra on DraftKings there as well. FanDuel's moved out to 79 and a half. Um, it's a big number, like Connor said, off brand a little bit. Pat, any initial leans on Kelsey, or how do you think the, the Chiefs get there? I, I agree with what Connor said. Like, you, you might as well just parlay it with and do a same game parlay with the reception over as well. If he's going to get to this yardage, he's going to beat the six and a half, which is pretty juiced up right now, anyway. But, but outside of after Kelsey, who would you guess leads the Chiefs in receptions? Yeah. Jerry McKinnon. Yeah. We, we talked about this actually before because like Mahomes prop is 295. It's Kelsey at 76 and then like a bunch of dudes in the 30s. Like someone's going to get there, but who is it? Or, he's, or Mahomes is going to be like 100 yards off of his line. Well, I mean, that leads me to my first one, and that's Patrick Mahomes under 294 and a half passing yards. <laughs> I haven't projected for 25 less than this, and if it's going to be a dink and dunk fest, like he might throw the ball 45 times, but I just don't see them going down the field. Maybe I'm just way off on that take, but anyone who can get down the field against him, as Noonan pointed out, that, the, that Philly has the corners to be able to shut that down, that if it's going to be Jarek and Kelsey, like these are low A dot throws. These aren't 50 yard bangers. These are eight yard gains, 13 yard gains. If that's what you're doing all the way down the field, it's just going to be hard to get there unless they're in extreme catch up mode the entire time. Yep. I, I kind of agree. I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes under in a big game is probably as soon as the game starts, you're like, son of a bitch. I do it. You know, I got to like cheer for this all game, but I do think it's an inflated number that we've seen, you know, public wanting to 
back Patrick Mahomes and cheer for him to do Patrick Mahomes things in the Super Bowl. And yeah, it's uh, I think the number is a little too high. Um, I don't have the stomach for it, but I totally think that it's it's under or nothing. Um, I don't think we're seeing Mahomes go for you know three and a quarter, three fifty here, especially in this in the spots. I think some of the spots that caught or that Mayo was kind of pointing out too in terms of game scripts and maybe pace and some things around you know ball control. I think that that actually plays into an under on Mahomes there as well. So I'm going to kind of stay in the same vein here and I'm going to stay with Jerry McKinnon. So this is actually, um, I'm taking McKinnon. You can do it a couple of ways. I think the best way you could still get 20 and a half receiving yards out there, pretty much across the board, uh, varying juice, depending on where you're shopping. And this is actually, again, shout out to Pat. He mentioned it a couple of weeks ago in a pod and I didn't really dig into it until uh, last week when this uh, prop dropped there is some splits that are pretty significant when Nicole Hardman are, is out of the lineup. Um, and Pat mentioned it in passing. I made a note of it, went back and looked. They played 29 games together in Kansas City. Hardman has missed nine of those games. Pretty significant splits. When they're both in the lineup, uh, McKinnon sees about 2.3 targets per game with one and a half receptions and 13 receiving yards. When he is off the field, Hardman is out, which he has been ruled out for this game. McKinnon sees 5.1 targets, has four receptions per game, and 39.6 receiving yards. Those are, I think, pretty drastic and actionable splits. They go to poke a hole in McKinnon and say maybe he's not healthy. Maybe he's got dead legs. Um, we've seen that in the past. I think you know Daigle made a good point of that on our Wednesday show. Uh, we saw an increased role in, for Isaiah Pacheco in the passing game. I think all those things are viable. I think Pacheco can get there as well because I think part part of it is for me to neutralize the Eagles' pass rush. I think especially even early, you see a lot of screens from the Chiefs to get them to back out, bring the rush. We're trying to bait you into the rush, and we're going to take advantage with our running backs because, again, we know that there's really not a secondary option outside of Kelsey. So I like Pacheco there as well, but I think McKinnon – Season increase role here, 20 and a half over. I think three and a half receptions. Again, that's less than what he has here in the split, 4.1. You can get uh, plus 140 on over three and a half receptions. Uh, you know, plus 130 that's out there in some other spots more readily available. See, so, see, yeah, I, I like I like McKinnon. I, I, I'm on this one with you, too. Uh, this was going to be my next one, but it's Jarek over two and a half receptions at DK right now. It's minus 145, but that's, that's still good juice. That's still good juice. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So I shout out to you. I and mean, then that was your call. I went digging. People can think maybe that there's something where maybe Kadarius Tony isn't late layer to that that maybe changes the calculus. I don't know. I think they need Tony, but I don't think that necessarily impacts what we're going to see from McKinnon here. So, uh, Connor, any thoughts on the running backs, how they're using the passing game, and anything like that? Mm, no, I think we've talked about it a little bit, but it's it's just weird. Like for me, there's something that's not adding up, something that we're missing probably. Six straight weeks, Jarek McKinnon outsnapped Isaiah Pacheco. Conference championship game, roles entirely flip. Isaiah Pacheco runs a season high in routes, uh, you know, plays a lot more in the passing game. Maybe it was because of the matchup. Maybe it was because of what they wanted to do. I, I don't know. It just seemed very strange for us to not see as much McKinnon when they had literally trusted him in every other game that had mattered for six weeks straight, had played awesome in those games. And it had been like, you know, like electric, you know, one of their their best players. So for me, that was weird. Uh, maybe he was just banged up. Maybe he was dead legs. But two weeks off, like, how does that factor in? You know, like, I, I think that just saying like, oh, we saw Isaiah Pacheco get there last. And so he's for sure going to have that role again. Just kind of misses like what we've seen for, you know, six, seven weeks. So I think both can get there. Like you said, I think we do see a lot of screens. But 
that's kind of my only concern is like if that was signal and not noise, then it's just going to be a little bit thin relative to, you know, what it will be. If he gets his old roller back, I mean, he's going to like go way over all of his numbers. That's kind of why I played at least here too. I do think that the yardage is the best because you can do that on literally one. Um, but I do think he has a, a role that's worth kind of chasing in terms of volume as well. So I don't mind the minus 145 on two and a half. I, I'll take a shot at three and a half based off of the split. I think it's uh, there's something there. I'm going to go with there was a, a scheme breaker, a tendency breaker a little bit against the uh, against the Bengals, and we'll see what happens here. But uh, I think we'll have a pretty good feel for that in the first quarter, depending on how much he's out there. But uh, back to you, Connor, for number two. Yeah, my second one, Pat already hit on a little bit here, but I like Patrick Mahomes at a higher completion rate than Jalen Hurts. This is minus 120 at FanDuel. He has a higher completion rate on the year. He had a 2% higher median completion rate. We have projected for, I think, 2.5%, 3% higher at this point. And I think that the Chiefs focus on a lot of like shorter, lower average depth of target throws against a Philly D that does generally a pretty good job stopping D plays. And looking at the Eagles' game plan, I think if they get their way, it's probably going to be you know run, run, like intermediate shot or deep shot. And uh, if the Chiefs decide to bring the house, uh, you know, and decide to just be like, we're not going to let them run, like, you know, no matter what we do, I think that's going to create some more volatile opportunities. I think that the Eagles will still be able to take advantage of that, but it just might be like a, you know, 70 yard touchdown to AJ Brown in the slot and then three incompletions on the next three times that they try it. You know, like one of those th types of just a little bit more volatile type of outcome. So for me, I think that I'm more confident in Mahomes just being able to kind of dink and dunk his way and have a higher completion rate than Jalen Hurts, who, Frankly, I mean, since the injury against Chicago, you know, his, his completion rate has been like 57, 59, 60, and then he had a 66% completion rate while Mahomes is at, you know, six straight games over 100 passer rating. And uh, basically his worst game was better than Hurts' uh, worst, you know, Hurts' best game. So, uh, like, I, I think in this spot here, I'd probably play it to 130, but uh, it's a good look here at minus 120. Yeah, I like it. Any thoughts there, Pat? Yeah, no, I, I think that makes a lot of logical sense. My next one is obviously the one I just kind of agreed with you on. It's Jarek. Over two and a half receptions, minus 145 at DraftKings. Yep. Love that. Uh, we're in there. I'm going to go to where I'm most comfortable. We're going to do some tackles. Um, I am going to see what we got here. Make sure I get the best number that's out there for folks right now. Um, let me see. You can go on FanDuel or Rivers um, at plus 105. We're going to take uh, Justin Reed. Safety for the Chiefs, over five and a half tackles and assists. This is also, I think, minus 105. Um, DraftKings, Bet MGM, it's out there too. So a really good matchup. Best individual matchup on paper uh, is for the Chiefs' uh, safeties in the spot against the Eagles. Um, at the team level, safeties are averaging 16.2 tackles and assists per game when facing the Eagles. That is the highest rate in the league. Um, an opposing safety has at least six tackles in every game so far against the Eagles. 26 tackles total uh, have topped this mark. So again, we've had multiple safeties top this mark against the Eagles. They give up a ton just based off of what they do, run support in the box. And that's kind of why Justin Reed gets the edge over Juan Thornhill, his teammates, is because basically the same price. Um, Reed plays significantly more in the slot, uh, in the in the box than we see from Thornhill. plays more deep safety stuff. So, um, I expect probably 35, 40% in the box here for Justin Reed. Uh, and again, he has six or more in three straight, five out of the past six contests. Uh, plus money for Justin Reed here is a great look over five and a half tackles and assists. 
I like it. It's a uh, Noonan. I've been, people have asked me like, what's the strangest props you've been betting on? So occasionally on a, a radio spot here and there, I've been shilling your props uh, and, and giving you credit, of course. But you know, I'm like, oh, I got some, you know, my strange friend over here has been diving into tackle and assist props. So and the people have loved it. The people have loved it. So strange friend or strange props. <laughs> both apply. So <laughs> maybe both. Maybe maybe both. both. All right. Number three, Connor, back to you. Yeah, my third one is a new one and one that I'm really interested to hear your guys' opinions on. I like Dallas Goddard over 47 and a half receiving yards. So if you look at his whole schedule, he's gone over this in only eight of 14 games, but this matchup in particular, I really like for him. So Dallas Goddard against teams who play middle of the field open coverage. So it's like cover two, cover four. Kansas City plays that at the second highest rate in the league. In those Against those teams that play a lot of coverages like that, 90% catch rate, two yards per outrun, 12.2 yards per reception, uh, like literally one of the best in the league. This is better than A.J. Brown against the coverage, better than Devonta Smith against this coverage. Um, and if we look at the games where Dallas Goddard hasn't gone over 47 and a half, four of the six games were against Dallas, Washington, and New Orleans. Those teams ranked second, third, and fourth in DVOA against the tight end. The other game was against San Francisco where he had five catches, 23 yards. I mean, the game didn't matter by halftime. And the other one, he had 46. So he was right, up, right around this number against the Giants. So I think in a good matchup, in a number where when you contextualize it, he's been basically right around there in, you know, average matchups and neutral matchups and uh, if not over. And then in the tough matchups, he's gone predictably under. So uh, for me, it makes a lot of sense here. I think that it's a good matchup and I'm having trouble with the AJ Brown, Devonta Smith split. I think that either one of those could get there, but I'm just more confident in Goddard getting 50 plus receiving yards fairly easily. Two of the games you pointed out too was with Gardner Minshew starting and not hurts. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Love it. Even better. Yeah, it's a good look. Um, I'm sure there's some crazy alt exotic that ties in both tight ends. Uh, who I'm, I'm, there has to be somewhere you, just, you have to. Hopefully not Caesars, where you have to like you know unbox every prop to actually see what's behind the the number that's posted for him. But uh, I mean, that's yeah. the worst prop menu I think I've ever seen. If you go to like their novelty props, it's just like maybe 200 props that you have to like click and every single one be able to drop down. I don't know what the guys at Caesars are doing. Like DraftKings is a very nicely organized. Most other sites do as well, but Caesars for some reason just dropped the ball and was like, eh, they won't care. We'll just put it all in one single menu and they can figure it out from there. DraftKings by far, everyone should just have the DraftKings model in terms of how they lay it out. It's just, I can, instead of having to click into all the stuff and yeah, it's just it's by far the best. Um, so, all right, like it tight ends. Uh, Pat, number three. Number three. That's the one I've been talking about all week. It was the first one that I bet on. I got it seven and a half. It's now eight and a half. Don't really care. I like Boston Scott over eight and a half rushing yards. He has hit this number in six or seven games. A lot of those have been blowouts. Sure. In that game against the Saints, he only ended up with two carries, the game that they lost. And, you know, that's one of the better, at least at that point of the season, one of the better defenses in football. And he actually had a long of eight in that game and then went backwards. So if he can get to three, carries in this game gotta think he's there yeah it looks like his carry number is basically two and a half uh plus 130 135 so books are telling you probably around uh two but again it's a pretty low threshold at seven and a half but uh i can see him getting three carries here too so maybe even plus money on the uh over two and a half is not a bad look too especially if you are in the mindset where 35 to 13 uh, that's probably a one-way ticket uh, on the Eagles side, that bodes well for Boston Scott. Any thoughts there, Connor, on uh, low threshold for, for B. Scott? I think I'd rather play Boston Scott's over than Kenneth Gainwell's over. And that's because, like, I think that 
the Boston Scott has basically kind of been a little bit involved, no matter what, you know, like one, two carries around the goal line and maybe gets a third or fourth. Uh, whereas, you know, Gainwell has basically been like non-existent until, you know, like the second quarter ish, and then they get him involved a little bit and then the game has been out of hand. So then he gets like 10 more carries. Um, so I mean, we have four weeks now of Miles Sanders against New Orleans. He was in a knee brace. And so like, you know, was barely used Dallas, and week or the final game against uh, the Giants week 18 was also on the injury report, really limited. And then the last two games were blowouts. So, I mean, he started the game, um, you know, had the majority of carry, carries and then the game was just over and they stopped using him. I mean, he, I think his last touch in the conference championships was with like 13 minutes left or something, or maybe it was 11 minutes left in the third quarter. Like he really was just not used after that. So I worry a little bit about like the ancillary guys on the Eagles, but I think that like Scott's prop is so low. Like I, I just don't think it matters. Like literally like Pat said, he can get there one carry given the matchup two or three carries, I think you're in a really good spot uh, to get this over. If you remember, when we did the conference championship games, I had Miles Sanders under everything, and uh, him not playing past that point really helped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was nervous. I was very nervous. I'm not going to lie. I think we're on a good streak, though, with Miles Sanders. I think we're like three or four in a row where, where we've hit and agreed on at this point. So just one of those guys that I got a good vibe on. It's not an official play for me on the show because it's been kind of blasted, but I did play over 55 and a half, too, at Open. Uh, now it's like 61, 62, um, which is still fine. But I mean, that's like an extra two carries probably. So I just uh, was looking on an odd screen and I saw a number that's way off market. And now I'm actually in the book and verifying that this is the case. Um, and it won't let me bet it because I'm probably streaming, but I'm going to I'm going to do it for the at, people. Yeah. I'm going to mush the line for the people because uh, points bet. If you happen to have points bet, the Boston Scott number is five and a half. Whoa! Minus minus one thirty, still not bad. Because no, that's no, fine. It. It's eight and a half minus one ten at other places. Yeah, I mean, like Caesars, a significantly sharper book, um, which would be, you know, hesitant to move it as quick. Is up to ten and a half on Boston Scott. Now again, it's it's plus one twelve. Uh, you know, so it's it's chasing the over there. You're definitely paying the tax, but uh, points bet at five and a half is very much off market relative to other spots. So. Have at it, folks. I'll see if it's there in uh, 35 minutes or so when we're off. But uh, if you happen to be watching live and you have points bet, Boston Scott, five and a half minus 130. I'm pretty sure $10 moves the line at points bet. So we'll see. Uh, I'm sure. So what's going to happen our... is you're going to click it. You're going to go to bet it. They're going to spin you. And then it's going to be available at eight and a half. But actually, they pushed it through. So they took your bet at eight and a half. Didn't tell you that they moved the line. And uh, even if you have that option opted out, that is uh you know, at least my experience of points bet happens multiple times last year during the draft in particular, actually, ironically, where you just, you get to put on the hamster wheel and you're just looking at it like, what is going on? And then, oh, he accepted it, but we changed the number and the price and your stakes. Uh, thanks for playing. Uh, and also points bet, always verify your own wagers. Uh, don't allow them to grade without checking it yourself. Um, multiple emails, multiple times where you have to be like, hey, this one actually, uh, please give me my money. So, all right, Boston Scott, number three for Mayo. I like it. Um, I'm going to give another one that I have not given out yet. I've been trying to get some information here specifically, um, but either way, I kind of like this number. And if we're wrong on a situation, we're going to have a nice live betting opportunity. I'm going to take, again, I have not pushed this out to subscribers yet either. Um, Trent McDuffie, cornerback for the Chiefs. We're going to take over four and a half tackles and assists. This is uh, plus 116 on Caesars. This is plus 118 on Rivers, um, minus 105 
MGM, DraftKings, readily available at a good number. So it's been back and forth between uh, Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie in terms of who's playing the slot for Kansas City. Um, Sneed got injured early in the game against Cincinnati, but all of the snaps were on the outside. Um, and we've seen how this has played out. Like, And it makes sense, too, if you think about like just the slot corner is closer to the line of scrimmage, is naturally in the box more, can support the run better versus being out wide. Um, they give themselves more opportunities. And we saw this all season. We crushed Legereus Sneed consistently. He was always five and a half, and he's always getting six or seven. There was not a huge ceiling to ladder him, but he was never falling below six tackles. Um, then all of a sudden, he had back-to-back games, like two tackles, and then had three tackles. And the more I dug in, looking at it, he had moved, and he was outside. Trent McDuffie all of a sudden was having six and seven tackles, and McDuffie was playing the slot. So it looks like, based off of what they were trying to do last week against or two weeks ago against the Bengals, is that they were going to have him out wide or him against as more often or not because he doesn't shadow. They're going to have him on some of the better receivers. I think you're going to have that with whether it's A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Jerry Sneed is their top corner, and they're going to have McDuffie, who's been really good for them as a rookie, in the slot and four and a half, especially at plus money. It's a really bad number. If we're wrong and McDuffie's out wide, it Sneed's in the slot, we're going to have a great live opportunity to bet on Sneed uh, at four and a half or five and a half uh, in the first quarter of that game. So uh, at plus money pregame, I'm taking McDuffie over four and a half. Uh, again, Chiefs cornerback there, readily available at plus money. So that'll be pushed out to subscribers here uh, after I try to get Boston Scott's number, and then I'll try to put that out for subscribers. So uh, that is number three for me. Connor, back to you for your uh, last one, and uh, and then we can get into some nonsense. So give me one, and then we'll get into the rest of the craziness. After. I'm excited for the nonsense because Pat lives in Canada, and they actually have a lot of the, the stuff that we are Their not Their FanDuel is better than our FanDuel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what that is. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's uh, actually, never heard, heard about it. Yeah, I don't know if it's ready. Uh, they offered the national problems. anthem there, and I was reaching out to some Canadian friends to get me some money on that because the answers to the test have been revealed. Oh, have we are not allowed it, to? Is it over or under? Well, over. I mean, it depends what the number is. It was it was one nineteen at like minus. It was like minus two eighty, but I mean, it was like you know seven seconds off, so it was like not even close. I don't know what this is. What it was yesterday? Someone in our Discord pinged me who lives in Canada and was like, Hey, like, what do you think about these? And I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, uh, I mean, Bavada, or I guess we're not even allowed to say that on the show, but, uh, you know, another offshores have it at 127. Um, and that's about right. So, um, or like two minutes and seven seconds. And I was seeing 119 on FanDuel. Um, anyways, we'll, we'll go to my next prop here. Not nearly as fun, but well, actually maybe a little bit crazier than than the national anthem. I'm taking Kadarius Tony's over rushing and receiving yards, only 34 and a half. He hit this in three straight games before playing just four snaps of the conference championship. Honestly, I view this more as like, can he not get injured in the first half of the game? Like that's like, I think he hits this as if he doesn't get injured in the first half. And part of that is because we've been hearing, you know, Andy Reid saying he was running around yesterday doing really well. James Palmer came out said that there was going to be a lot of plays designed, said that the chemistry with him and Mahomes has been there, you know, all the all the nonsense there. Even if all that's like wrong. Like I think that and it doesn't like it doesn't matter because he's so explosive. Like this number is just so low. Like you saw him get involved in handoffs a couple weeks before when he gets even, you know, a couple targets here and there. He's in a great spot to capitalize. And it's not like like Juju's a little bit banged up. Michael Hardman's out, you know, like they, they have a lot of volatility on this position where it's not like there's he's buried on the depth chart anymore. And in the last game where people were really worried about his role, I think, after only playing what I think was like, what, 12, 15 snaps two weeks before, 
and he was still getting over this number. Uh, he played, you know, the first four snaps, like he started and played the first four snaps, something we hadn't necessarily seen in previous weeks. So uh, I lean towards the, I like the over at 34 and a half rushing and receiving because I do not want to get cucked again by getting the receiving over and to having him have three handoffs for 30 yards and us losing because that did happen against the Raiders and didn't feel like a good spot to be in. I feel like we were right, but we didn't end up getting paid for being right. I'm looking on one there. of these like silly Canadian books and trying to find this now. And they don't have Super Bowl listed on their front page. Oh, wow. That is- <laughs> you could probably bet on youth like hockey matchups. Oh, yeah. Like Scandinavian hockey in. <laughs> I don't want to go to popular. I want to go to stupid bets, stupid special bets. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Um, these bastards out there are moving the Boston Scott line on me. Uh, it's all right. It's all good, but you know. Is it is it out right now? Is it is it blasted or what? It's not blasted, but it just it just jumped up a little bit, but it's okay. Um there are some uh yeah, that's all right. We we appreciate it. We, you know, want to give the people the good stuff. So I'll let Pat find his national anthem. We have some other stuff too. I don't know, maybe Pat has access to uh you know some of the halftime first song, last song stuff. Uh you know, want to blow that up in case we ever get access to it connor i don't know if we're going to but uh, we're not gonna we won't get access to that we might get national anthem but it'll be it's priced appropriately at like a lot of other places so i don't think it even matters if we get it like you can't really bet two minutes and seven seconds either way i don't think but the halftime stuff i don't think we'll ever get but they have it in canada i think or at least in some spots um i don't know you know if we want to <laughs> give that out but you know i think a lot of other people have talked about it so rihanna is is doing the halftime show and um you know the last song will be nice and shiny. You know, I think that's, that's about as far as we'll go. Yeah. And you probably don't want your kids around for the start of the first song. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Pat, how about the last one for you? So Miles Sanders under one and a half receptions is probably, I'm guessing the biggest lopsided juice prop of the week. It's minus two thirty-five now. So I can't in good conscience, give that out as a play. Although it is playable up to by my numbers up to minus two twenty, which is kind of hilarious uh, that it opened at one and a half again, but it's a nice piece for a same game parlay. Like I've played a few same game parlays and just keep chucking that one in. So obviously it's going to go over now and screw up the rest of them. I'll somehow get the rest of them. Right. And that's the way that it's going to be two minutes and seven seconds, by the way, is, is all I can find now. Yeah. It's dead with the, I mean, with the under being plus plus one twenty five. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's just about right. There's, I don't think there's not an edge on that. There was like, you know, whatever, seven, eight seconds off on FanDuel or, or the other book, you know, before. So, um, yeah, two minutes to seven, I don't think is really bettable, unfortunately. Yeah, I missed it. So I'm going to take a page out of my guy, Rob Pizzola's book. He gave this one to me. It's at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's down from 145 to plus 120, I think. But it's Ducks and Golden Knights total goals more than total punts in the Super Bowl. Hmm. Okay. I, like I bet that. earlier, actually the first bet I made, um, we have a, a mutual friend that, uh, tracks punts and penalties and he was all about under seven and a half punts which is now dead it's like i think it's juiced out to like minus 175 180 um so i took that one so yeah so you're looking at probably what eight goals in that game or so it's not a bad be seven it's probably like over under six i guess i don't know what a six and a half that's probably yeah that makes sense i'm going to a hockey game tonight pat you got you got any other hockey game hockey takes i'm going to the blackhawks game tonight you got you, do you follow hockey at all? I, I don't know a single player in the team. So, uh, you know about as much as I do about this. <laughs> so, 
I, I just trust Rob. This is Rob's thing. I can't even find first song now. It's just what color is going to be her first outfit. I mean, maybe we can get that eventually, too. I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. If you successful? find it, you can DM me. I'll let you know what uh, what I know. So what was the hockey game that you bet on? It was a cross-sport prop. It was, it was Knights and who? Yeah, it was Anaheim and Vegas total goals over total punts in the game. Oh, I'm into it. I like that a lot. That's it's fun. probably on Caesars, and you probably just have to click through all that crap. To find it's it. actually on DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh, nice. Oh, let's go. Yeah, if you go to where is it? Uh, it's under Jesus. There's a lot of stuff. Cross sports specials. Then go to the drop down. You can go by sport. So it's NHL, NFL. Goals over punts. I got a cross sport special for you, Pat. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. I'll give it to you after. I'm going to do my uh, a different last one. So um, all right, let's see. A couple ways you can bet it. So, well, two guys I really like uh, in the tackle market here. Um, TJ Edwards, linebacker for the Eagles, under eight and a half tackles, pretty readily available. And at the same time, Nick Bolton, the main linebacker for the Chiefs, um, over 10 and a half tackles. You can get some pretty good juice on that. There's some nine and a halfs out there, but I like Bolton at 10 and a half. Now, if you have MGM, MGM will let you bet on most tackles in the game. Um, and Bolton is minus 145, which is a great way to get down on that. Because really, Edwards is his definitely the closest competition, unless, you know, Justin Reed or someone else who I gave out earlier just goes berserk. Um, and Bolton, that you know, to lead the game in tackles is minus 145 on MGM. So if you have, have that book and you can get anything down there, that's a great look. But uh, I like Bolton over 10 and a half and Edwards under eight and a half. Chiefs have just been a place where middle linebackers have underperformed all season long. Um, 29th in tackles per game against the position. Just a lot of really good linebackers have, you know, had six, seven tackles. Just the way that the Chiefs play, they throw a lot. They play even short stuff a lot of times is to the boundaries. Um, they're another team that gives up a lot of tackles to safeties more than their middle linebackers. Uh, Edwards is disappointed numerous times in the last couple of months. So eight and a half is uh, a nice spot. I haven't projected for 7.6. Uh, Bolton has showed like insane ceiling. Uh, with like, you know, upside of getting to like 15 here. Great matchup against the Eagles. They've allowed the sixth highest rate of linebacker tackles. Bolton won't come off the field. And we know that Philly is going to run a good amount and run successfully. Uh, and that kind of bodes well with why we see a lot of tackles for linebackers against them. So uh, Bolton over, Edwards under. And if you have MGM, you can take Bolton to lead the game in tackles. It's a, a great look. So that uh, that is the full full tackle card. Uh, as of now. So you uh, you all get that. And I think those are all uh, still pretty actionable in terms of uh, where the prices are at. So, all right, well, we'll break up the nonsense with us for a minute. Uh, then we'll come back and wrap up with some of the crazies. And then we'll give producer Sal a moment to share his card. Let us know what his thoughts are. And then uh, we'll see if we could poke any holes in there and uh, see what uh, Sal's up to. Share your screen. All right, Sal. All right, so this is fancy, Sal. All right, so I got uh, I got six picks here. Longest rush, Jalen Hurts, uh, over thirteen and a half. I like this quite a bit. Um, I was I had it on my card to do a little bit of work. I haven't got a chance to do so yet, but I I like it. Um, just off the top of my head, I think he is. I think I looked at it. He's had a lot of games like right around that number, a lot of like 10, 11s, Um, But I have no problem with that. Maybe there's a better price than one eighteen out there. But uh, off the top, Connor, any thoughts on Hurts over thirteen and a half longest rush? 
No, I think he'll get there. I mean, I, I just don't know it's with him. I, I feel like it's one of those spots where we saw the 49ers just like read him every single play. And so I don't think the Chiefs are going to do that. So I think there's a little bit of bias there. And they were still, I think he had 10 combined designed runs the past two weeks. So not like they're not running him at all. I think it's a decent amount. So all it takes is one for a Chiefs defense that has played well against some mobile quarterbacks, not as well against others. So um, yeah, I think it's a good look. Pen, any thoughts on Hurts' longest rush? I think that's the right one. I, I obviously it, it's almost like the Boston Scott thing. This one just takes one a little bit of a breakdown, and you're there. Yeah. Uh, the other next two we've talked about uh, Kelsey paying a little bit of the Kelsey taxes moved a little bit on Sal there, eighty one and a half. But uh, I think Connor laid that out for us. Nick Bolton ten and a half. We're good. It's a nice little number minus one hundred five. Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, let's see over one and a half receptions at minus one thirty. I bet Gainwell uh, in the uh, last time uh, against the the Niners because we kind of saw Gainwell have a spike in work against really stout run defenses. I don't know that the Chiefs apply to that, but they definitely like getting Gainwell on the field. We just kind of talked about how even late in the games, like you guys kind of luck boxed out a little bit with Sanders just not playing uh, for most of the fourth quarter there. Any thoughts on Gainwell, Pat, over one and a half receptions, minus 130? I don't like Gainwell at all in this game and not because I think he's going to go under. It's just I have no real read on what he is going to be doing. And that just kind of throws me for a loop, whether it's over, under his usage, whatever it may be. So I, I just it, he's a stay away player for me. Yeah, makes sense. Connor, how about you, bud? I think that there if you want to play Ken Gainwell over, this is probably the right place to do it. Kansas City is like allowing, I think, I believe seven and a half targets per game for the running back position. We saw Samaji Ryan catch four passes for, I mean, zero yards, but, you know, he caught caught a bunch of them. And then uh, uh, Joe Mixon caught a couple as well. So uh, I think if one of the two backs is going to catch anything, it will be Gainwell. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I would lean over on, on Gainwell here at the receptions if you are going to play it because I will never be playing the yards again on one of those things again, especially on a, some bum like Piran. I, I think that if you're going to play Gainwell, I, I think this is probably the one to go to that or some sort of rushing yards ladder. Yeah, right. Like if he it, goes over, he's going really over. Oh, yeah. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco over two and a half receptions at plus 120. We kind of spoke about that a little bit. I, um, I, I wouldn't I be surprised. Like I like I love this under. OK, yeah, the under you're probably looking at minus 160, 170 or so here. Um Connor, I kind of have your thoughts in terms of, I think both running backs are involved in the passing game, but uh, three receptions is a, is a pretty high, but again, it's it's uh, juicing up the parlay nicely, Sal. And then Boston Scott to have a touchdown, uh, four to one. Pat gave out a, a pro Boston Scott's uh, take earlier. We've seen him get some of that work in and around the goal line. That's actually the only thing that would concern me around Boston Scott is like even the seven and a half rushing yards, eight and a half rushing yards. is like his three carries come inside the five and he gets three carries for five yards and scores twice. Um, you know, something like that. I could see him getting some work around the goal line. So don't hate that. And again, yeah, 117 to one, five to win five ninety two. I mean, 117 to one Pat and I bet on guys to win golf tournaments that uh, I bet on Garrick, Hig Garrick Higo to win uh, the waste management at two fifty to one. So I, I have no judgment in someone sprinkling in some long shots uh, at decent numbers to, enjoy your Super Bowl again just because you can bet on everything doesn't mean you have to but it, it is uh the Super Bowl and, and be responsible but have fun so this is be a fun sweat for Sal 
Yeah. Speaking of Sal also brought up another one, Jackson Mahomes over under one and a half TikToks during the Super Bowl. Uh hammer the under. It's minus 180. Only posted one TikTok each of the past two games. I went went into it. Sal Sal and I did a little novelty prop episode. So bring the hammer out, smash the under. Jackson Mahomes doesn't have time to make two TikToks during the Super Bowl. So yeah. I like under. <laughs> you spent time on Jackson Mahomes' TikTok, which is I mean, whatever pays the bills, you know, grinding that rent money. Dark, dark corner of the web. So, all right, let's get into some of the wonkier stuff. Um, again, you know, novelty props. Get, talked about some of this stuff on the Wednesday show, but uh, share some of it and uh, see what Pat's thoughts are and see if he's got any crazy stuff. I'll start with the one that um, talked about a cross sport one to get some uh, of Pat's thoughts because this is definitely in his lane here. Uh, again, on Caesars, you have a crazy drop down menu. This is number 45. They are not in numerical order either. So I'm doing you a favor by telling you it's 45, but you cannot just scroll down and get to that. You just have to find number 45. You can control F that. You can control F it. There you go. Scotty Scheffler, fourth round score, or Kansas City Chiefs offensive plays in the game. Scotty minus 105 um, and minus 130. Um, This is a what will be more uh, prop. So I think Scotty's score will be higher. Uh, again, part of what I talked about on the show the other day, a lot of what I do on the tackle side is projecting plays. It starts with how many plays are going to be in the game because everything is kind of derived off of that. Um, I have the Chiefs, I think, pretty comfortably at like 61, 62 uh, in this spot. Scheffler's only giving up one and a half here. Again, Scotty's scoring average in the fourth round last year was like 67 and change. Scoring average overall is uh, like 68 and a half last year. Again, he won this event last year was four under, which is a 67 here in the fourth round. He was 16 under for the tournament. So basically on average, um, 67 each round. So I just don't think we're going to have a ton of plays in this game from Kansas City side. And to the point that Pat made at the top, if there's anyone that's kind of controlling this game from a play standpoint, I do think it's probably Philly. Uh, and we've seen that against their opponents the last couple of games. I think over the last three games, their opponents are averaging 53 plays per game. We would need Scotty to go absolutely nuclear. Um, maybe he can, uh, we'd like to think that pin placements on Sunday are a little bit tougher. Uh, we did see fewer birdies per round here last year at the waste management in the fourth round than another spot. So, uh, on Caesars, give me Scotty, uh, minus one and a half to have uh, higher strokes than Kansas city chiefs plays. I like that a lot. Uh, I only have the chiefs projected for 58 plays. So unless Scotty goes super crazy, you're probably pretty good there. Yep. Again, you're only minus one and a half, and I don't mind that juice. So, is that even possible? Like, what I mean, like, can someone <sighs> shoot a 58? Shot a 58 like, once, yeah. Wow, doesn't happen often, you know, <laughs> it does not happen often. So, I think you're, you're all right. So, yeah, I, I'm I like I like the 58. I think that that's kind of 58 62 is probably a safe range for Chiefs' place. So, find that on Caesars. Good number, uh, Connor. Any wonky ones that you want to share with the crowd? Uh, I took a fun one that I, I. What I thought was interesting was I, so I think the chiefs are going to win, but that's just my guess. Uh, I had Philly first half Chiefs second half. That's plus six twenty five. Philly best first half team in the league. Best first half team with Jalen hurts since the 2007 new England Patriots, actually 19.1 points per game uh, or points per game in the first half. And I think part of that is actually because they just haven't even been tested in the second half. They've just been taking their feet off, foot off the gas. But if you think that the chiefs win, I think there's still a good chance. The Eagles win the first half. So it's like plus 600 something. Um, and there's still a way that, you know, if the Eagles win the first half and go up 
and the Chiefs can win the second half without winning the game. So um, I don't know. Just kind of a fun one. You know, it's like plus 600. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. Uh, Pat, you got any uh, wonky novelty props? I don't, weirdly enough. It's just not really, unless uh, it's usually the anthem, but I missed the tweet, I guess, that came out. And usually I allocate like 3000 bucks every year to bet on the anthem and it just pays for all my losses throughout the course of the year. I've never lost betting it. So I was asleep at the wheel this year. So this kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because like three years ago, whatever, Demi Lovato, it's like I had like 5X action on the anthem than I had in the rest of the game combined. And I was at your house, right? I was yeah, I witnessed his, his uh, you know, girlfriend at the time, now wife, um, just like really concerned that Connor did not care, did not seem to care about the game, but like needed to like be in front of the TV when the anthem started. And, uh, you know, I think she got a nice purse out of it, right? Yeah, it was shoes because you guys shamed okay. me into buying or something because they're like, oh, you want a lot of money, right? And I was like, oh, like a little bit, you know? And, and then they're like, she's like, oh, well, how much, you know? And I was like, oh, fuck. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> so, so you and you and Silva shamed me into buying her some shoes, but it was worth it. It was. It you was were so really intense. I mean, you were like. I was excited, man. Focused. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was fun because I at the time. This is again. This is before the guy tweeted out the recording. This is before a guy like you know a prominent sports better gave it out to all of his thousands of subscribers last year. Uh, that ruined the market as well. There were ladders under and over on the anthem. So like I had plus 200 plus 400 plus 500 on all the ladders down because i bet the under and like that stuff doesn't even we can't even find us we found one time after like 10 minutes of searching for pat it's not even the u.s it's a canadian so it is it's brutal yeah different different world now uh this dries up um another one in the same vein that i gave uh in terms of like plays you can bet on caesars as well the team to have the most offensive plays to be the eagles uh minus 150 so a little bit of juice there Pat, you mentioned 58 for the Chiefs. What's your Eagle play projection? I have them at 62. I'm willing to lay that. I, I think I, I have them at 65. Um, yeah, I'm okay with uh, the minus 150 there. So, uh, And then last one I think is is interesting that I kind of talked about the other night. I like the punts angle, the under 7.5 punts. But again, like minus 175 is the best way to do that. On DraftKings, you can bet under 338 and a half total yards on punts uh, for minus 130. And you would need like, I don't know, you need some monster, monster uh, kicks here. And even at eight, uh, if it happens to get, you know, over, um, I still think you can get there on like seven punts. You'd be like 48 and a half net yards, which is just would be like second or third in the league. Um, this like Kern, the Eagles punter is not very good. Um, so even if you, I think you have a little bit of coverage here in terms of even if the the punt number goes over, I think the yardage is baked in a little too high on the uh, on the yards there. So I like that on DraftKings under 338 and a half total punt yards. Again, I think eight is like 46 and change uh, per punt. So no problem with that. Uh, I think we again, I have a, a piece of under seven and a half. Again, think it's live even if it gets to eight. So again, if we get into a punt fest and you know nine, ten punts you know, we're in trouble, but I don't think we're going to get there with these two teams. So that's readily available. Connor, any other ones before we get to some of the listener questions and wrap it up? No, let's hop into the listener questions here. A couple minutes left here. Sam, shout out to Sam. Uh, question of the day, pressing news. Um, Tiger looks like a tiger thoughts. We taking tiger at Riv. What's the, what's a number knowing that there's no chance that we're going to get a decent number, Pat, uh, where you would take, uh, Tiger next week at uh, at Riff. 
<laughs> no, I'm serious. Like even no, I get Tiger, it. even when Tiger was Tiger, he was bad at Riviera. It's uh, Tiger's events. You're gonna. It's gonna be like 40, 45. Well, it's just. It's just really funny that this is his event, but this is statistically the course where he's performed the worst in his career. Like, it's just. It's mind boggling. Better than almost everyone else in the field. What does that mean? Doing. His event, like he like sponsors it or like he started it or something or. Yeah, he is the the host. Like, there's the Arnold Palmer Invitational. That's oh, a big yeah. deal. Uh, Memorial is Jack Nicholas's tournament. Uh, and obviously, the Byron Nelson was Byron Nelson's tournament for ages, but he long gone. Uh, still, still called the Byron Nelson though. But this is Tiger's tournament. Morikawa is going to win it. Uh, so hopefully, we get a good number if he implodes today. Yeah, can, can we get a Morikawa rally today? That would be nice. I would, I would love a Morikawa rally. I'd love to bet him to go back to back. Um, I know that's your guy too, so even though you have no problem cheering on Morikawa, so yeah. Uh, all right, and I'm same thing. Right? If, if Morikawa or Max can't get it done, I hope they implode a little bit so we can get a decent number on them uh, next week. But yeah, Riv is uh, is a great golf tournament. Excited to uh, to watch that one. Fun guy wants to know what's the most fun prop to bet. Um, I don't know the ones that you can win money on. Uh, I don't know what uh, constitutes as fun. Fun for me is more money in my accounts when the game ends than when the game started. But uh, I don't know what's uh, tackles are fun for me, Connor. What's fun for you? I mean, well, see, he he puts in there if you don't care to lose a few bucks. So go over to the option that says same game parlay. Take every single prop that we talked about and go to the ladders and just max all of them and put them all in there. And it'll be like five bucks to win like ten grand, you know, twenty grand. So. There you go. You know, you want the, the best way to win it. All of our props are going to hit. They're all going to max the ladders and you'll be rich. So come, come back to us, comment, subscribe, and uh, let us know how that goes. I, I'm looking at Genesis right now and like Tiger over the course of his career. He like didn't play it for eight years because he was so bad at the course. I mean, really, I do think he's going to be at like 50 or shorter. That's impossible. And people will, when we get, you don't think so? I, no, I don't. I mean, I don't think maybe, it's a good number. You know what? Maybe, maybe you're right. I've had such a bad idea of how Tiger Woods is priced in any market since like the comebacks first started that I, I just I found that they're all just terrible, just terrible odds. Even when he won the Masters, those are terrible odds. Oh no, I agree. I totally agree. That's why I think that's why he's going to be priced there. I don't think it's completely unbettable. I'm with you. Like there's there's just no way if he opens up at you know 100. Which he should be like longer than that he lasts. It's just gonna people are just gonna hammer. Um, you know, maybe the casuals not betting Monday morning opening odds, but I just he'll be boosted in a bunch of spots, and I can't imagine that he's he's uh, he's out there at, at longer than fifty or sixty. Um, what stupid one did I use a uh, free bet on? Oh, will there be a fake punt or fake field goal? Um, that's a singular event where like you don't need a bunch of things to happen. I found a 34 to one. I had a free bet on uh, a site to not be named and just decided hey, hey, if it happened to be like, Oh yeah, I bet on that. And uh, you know, 34 to one, why not? We'll see. What we'll, about uh, the octopus? That's gotten a lot of, uh, of uh, traction this, this year on the Super Bowl. I don't really know why that means for those of you who don't know, it means a player scores a touchdown and then scores the ensuing two point conversion. Uh, I don't know. It's like, I've seen like 14 to one on some places. I mean, it seems like it's definitely not priced correctly. Like it should probably be like 30 to one, but uh, I don't know. Any thoughts? Yeah. Well, it, it sounds a lot like that. Oh, both Kelsey's to score a touchdown in the game. hundred <laughs> to one. It's like, really? 
100 to 1. That's it. Why don't we make it 10,000 to 1? And maybe, <laughs> maybe we can have some interest here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. None of this stuff. So you got to know, too, like it is the Super Bowl. It's fun. If it, there's not another side, if it is a one way market, meaning you can only bet yes or no, you just have to know that you're, you're getting in bad. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that you can't do it. Just, you know, there's, uh, there's, you're paying the tax, basically. You are the rake. Um, Mary, shout out to Mary, uh, subscriber four for four, uh, three plus rushing touchdowns overall in the game. Um, I don't know what the number is on that, but I don't I could see some rushing touchdowns. I mean, made the case for Boston Scott scoring a couple times. You know, we've seen the Chiefs be willing to run at the goal line. Any thoughts on that, Connor? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I probably need the odds, like in terms of like, you know, I mean, I don't even know how this would be priced. Probably about even, I would guess. I don't know at this point. Like, I mean, three plus rushing touchdowns. Maybe it should be plus money, I would guess. I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's fine. I don't really have too much of a take there. Touchdowns are really volatile. But, hey, you want something to root for? I mean, I've certainly bet on, on dumber shit. So. There was a prop earlier this week on DraftKings. It is now gone. It was Philadelphia Eagles over under one and a half rushing touchdowns. And the over was plus money. And then it disappeared. Oh, yeah, I like the over there. Yeah, of course. These <laughs> were <worth> 39 <laughs> touchdowns on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I bet they're going to have a good package, too, for Hertz, like a couple designed runs, you know, this year. It's a Super Bowl. I mean, let it let it all go. They don't got to save them for anything besides got enough time to heal up any any other injury. So it'll be fine. Yeah, it's, it's exhausting to kind of just scroll through these menus and the different offerings because they're all done different. It's uh, who's going to attempt to find – the price on the three touchdowns and I'll we'll be here for another hour. So um, Sam wants to know thoughts on Hertz over 10 and a half rushing attempts. Uh, Pat, any thoughts on that? I, I have it at 10 on the dot. So that it's no specific lean to me either way. Yeah. Connor, same. I think it's the right number. Uh, nine and a half, 10 is probably where he's at. Um, Scott, Wait, what, what the hell is fastest ball carrier mean? I saw, I saw that. <laughs> How do you handicap that? I was considering that. I just couldn't find any of the data. It's like a, it's like an NGS thing, right? It's an NGS thing. But yeah. Is it? So wouldn't Sky, Sky, uh, wouldn't Sky Moore be the guy then? Oh man, because he's going to return these punts, and if he gets up to a good top speed, then boom, he's gone. Is he? He is. He is going to return the punts, isn't he? Hmm. I think so. Because Hardman's out, right? It. Yeah. Uh, I, I, for some reason, just have a sky more bias at this point. I'm not really sure entirely why, but I just, you know, not, I'm a little worried about this guy. I thought he was going to be good, and I'm not really. I think he kind of sucks. So, but he can it's run true. fast. He's very fast. <laughs> See, if none of the, uh, there's no Eagles or Chiefs on the top 20 list of fastest ball carries of the year. I don't know. You have to. I mean, Sky Moore only touched the ball 10 times the whole year. So, you know, that's why he's not on there. They also don't give you like, uh, let's see, conference. This might be a best bet. Yeah, Sky Moore um, had a 29-yard punt return where he reached 19.92, which was the uh, fastest. Um, Josh Williams, cornerback for the Chiefs, got an interception. Uh, he reached 20. Boston Scott reached 19.4. Miles Sanders, 18.9. Yeah. Yeah. Those are your highest. But you have to remember, so, in order for that to happen for them, they need some sort of like, is Sky Morgan return kickoffs? Looks like it. I mean, punt return. So kickoff has was been Pacheco. Um, so Pacheco the reached Pacheco because he'll have the best chance to get up to full speed without anyone touching him. 
so he had 18.8 in the conference championships. Let's see um, if there's anything on the divisional round. Try to get ourselves a larger sample. Yeah, so Pacheco, he had a 39-yard rush in the divisional round where he got to 20.97. Okay, um, listen to this. Is... In 2021, who do you think that had the fastest ball carry speed? I remember looking at this. It was someone totally random. Like it was someone not expected. It was like uh it's someone I've always perceived as slow, which shows how much I know. Was it Daniel Jones or something like that? It's Melvin Gordon. Oh my gosh. No way, really? Yeah. What? Melvin Gordon at the is it right? Tw- 21.52 miles per hour. No, if you go to all uh regular season 2021, Jonathan Taylor got 22.13. I see the Melvin Gordon one. But he's down. He's 16th. He, him being on the list is very surprising, though, at 21.5. I always thought he was super slow. That's strange. Where are you finding all this? I'm on Next Gen Stats, and I can't find anything. I just Googled it. <laughs> Next Gen Stats, uh, there's a stat uh, tab. And uh, actually, first thing I did when I was in here, it's top plays. It uh, it tells you, you pick the stat and it tells you the fastest ball carrier. So that makes sense. Pacheco's plus 400 in this market, then Skymore plus 750. Those are probably both good to get down on a little bit because they don't yeah. feel like the best options. Yeah. And then it's just a bunch of deep threat guys who, if they get open, they might be, if they're hitting stride, then they'll, they'll, they'll catch a ball. Maybe I'll, I'll throw a little bit on Pacheco and Skymore just for fun. I don't even know when that's graded, like probably like a week later when they process <laughs> all the chip information, you know, like. <laughs> For sure. So ridiculous. Yeah, let's see. Where, where are the Eagles? Uh, okay, Jalen Hurts, 19 and change. Uh, Hurts. So we're not seeing like big A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith numbers, which again, like, the sample is so small and you just didn't have a, a chance in one of these games. It's tough. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, I think Pacheco is probably the best best way to attack that one. So, um Miles Sanders over four and a half receiving yards. I mean, he's been an air ball in the passing game. Um, I, I, this is an, an under for me. Uh, yeah, that that's really low. I, Cause I it even is. have, I even have adjusted that, you know, he has one catch somewhere. Yeah. Was he got like one or two in like the last six weeks or something like that? Like he's been. Yeah. Really I think involved. the last time he had more than two receptions was against Tennessee in the first week of December. Yeah. Um, Sam wants to know, uh, Oh, the Eagles number on DraftKings still total rushing touchdowns over one and a half is plus one Oh five on DraftKings. Can you ask him where he found that? Like I I found it earlier in the week. Now I can't remember where I found it. Sam, if you're hanging out with us still, let us know uh, some menu and drop down menu. Those are in. Yeah. That's a, that's a nice number actually. Plus one Oh five. That's a really good number. That's a, that's a, that's the best bet on the board. It really is over one and a half rushing touchdowns. How do the Eagles score? No, I like it. I like it. Yeah, they always run the ball. They have more rushing touchdowns than any team in the history of the NFL this year. So Super Bowl specials rush. Uh, oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, there it is. Plus 105. Found it. You have to like go to the game, then click Super Bowl specials, and then scroll. Scroll ah, all the way see, I didn't scroll over. That's what I I failed to do. I for, didn't see the little arrow there. Okay, there we are. Boom. Let's get it. Best bet on the board. It's a really first. good bet. I like it. 
Yeah, I'm uh, into it. I would love to know if it's anyone else finds it anywhere other than DraftKings. Um, so I can get more <laughs> than $2.30 on it would be fantastic. So this is under Rush Props, right? It's under Super yeah, Bowl Super... Specials and Rush Props. It's not and here for me. You'll see like player with rush attempts, player, Eagles with total rushing touchdowns, team with most, most rushing yards, rush attempts. Yeah, that that's all here. I, I think in the Canadian version of DraftKings Sportsbook, this is not on the board. Oh, Sam uh, responded, "Not bad finding that for a guy from Indiana." <laughs> uh, Sam, appreciate you listening all year, and uh, sorry you live in Indiana, but we do appreciate you listening. Yeah, I, and I'd love to get down on it for you. I can't. I, I would like to buy some meth. Can you find that for me as well? <laughs> I assume that's very easy to find in Indiana. I think his cousin probably sells it. <laughs> Slash his brother. Yeah. It would be nice to Sam. Sam is a, a good he loyal. Found, he found this. So I'm sorry, Sam. Yes. Sam has been a, an OG tackle guy with me. Uh, you know, he's, he sweats the, uh, the golf bets with me too. Sam's a good dude, even though he's from Indiana. So perfect way to wrap up the prop drop show for the season. So I uh, appreciate you hanging with us all season. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, again, Find all the Pat stuff. There is going to be lots of good content on all the Mayo Media Network. What did Fiber call the other day? The uh, Mayo the, Media the Pat, Experience. The, the, the Mayo Media Experience. Pretty pretty great. Uh, An, what are the offseason plans? Another three putt from Justin Thomas. I can't killing do me. two things at once. I'm just doing the show, so he's I'm, killing I'm, me. No, I, I just I just looked. I was like, oh, he made another bogey. How did that happen? So he has two three putts in his last four holes. It's outrageous. Outrageous. Yeah. Uh, this is what I'll be doing during the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> if you like uh, Swinning Golf, Mayo Media Network, Pet Mayo Experience, uh, YouTube, podcast, subscribe, rate and review, thumbs up, uh, show Pat some love for uh, showing us love and hanging out with us all season. Um, like I said, Connor and I will be back uh, after a little bit off, um, hopefully some vacation time and uh, – we're back doing some some draft stuff sooner than later. We'll do some other offseason stuff. We'll get into you know futures. We'll break down some divisions. We'll break down coaching matchups. Uh, we will be here. So anytime you want to find stuff, make sure that you're finding us in the podcast forum. You can also, again, subscribe to the 444 YouTube page. You get all the other great content that we have going on as well. So good luck. Bet responsible, but tail and parlay everything we gave you today and make lots of money. We're Pat and Connor. I'm Ryan. We'll see you all next time. Thanks, everyone. Yeah.